Hey everybody, welcome to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and, and social commentary from an Asian American perspective. We're back for our 32nd week in a row. Woo! I'm your host Marvin Yue, with me as always is my co-host, Minji Christine Chang. <laughs> I love how you reverse my name. Hello everyone, what's up? <laughs> and joining us this week, Phil Yu, angry Asian man himself, has joined us what? in our studio. What's up? Welcome, welcome. Dude, it's good to be here. Yeah. I'm a, f- and- I'm a fan of the podcast. I've, I've been listening since the beginning. Aww. That's, Honestly. That freaks so- me out a little bit. <laughs> Every time someone says it to me, it freaks I'm, me out no, a little bit. I've, I've been seriously listening since it launched. And then like, um, I don't know. It's just kind of like, I, I spend a lot of time um, by myself during the day. I don't work in an office. I work by myself. And so, um, you know, when you have moments where... You're just running errands or something like that. You like have the podcast on, right? I'm sure yeah. we all listen to podcasts, right? So yeah. it's, it's as if Minji and I are in the room, right? Right next Arguing. to you. It's like, it, it's, it, and it's like I like this podcast even more because um, it's it's with people that I know, and so it's like oh, it's like having a conversation with the yeah it, with with my friends. But except except when you guys are talking about something, and then I know like you're talking about something, and I I, I can also chime in. I, I'm like <laughs> screaming out loud, like. Say you're just like saying some fact and you're getting it wrong, and I'm like, no, it's not that. It's, uh, you're like, oh, what was that guy's naming it? And I'm like yelling it out, like, uh, his name. <laughs> God, you guys. Oh, that would have been fun. We should like, no, Marvin. Someone well, should make a video of Phil yelling. Yeah, at we should, what he wanted to like, do. He wanted to do like this really long, uh, like 24 hour podcast. We just invite oh, really? people over, oh, yeah. and we kind of all just like hang out and then switch onto the mic. It's an idea in the works, kind of like a. Pledge-a-thon. Would the yeah. what, would yeah. the would the podcast be so? Would it be like a twenty-four hour long MP3 or something? Or um, we would break it. Or would you break it? Oh, break we it up. Break hour it up, one. But hour I think two, yeah. um, I mean we'd be. You, um, you should periscope it. Actually, that's what I'm saying. Probably probably live stream yeah. it. Right? Yeah, like yeah. I mean, we have a lot of friends and a lot of people that like have gone through our podcast and also yeah. that we meet and talk to and just yeah trying to find ways to work together do it know? on like a saturday and then just like have people yeah seriously and then... potluck it we'll, <laughs> we'll provide pizza everyone brings everything else it's in the works maybe we'll do it sometime in holiday season yeah dude season? i'm i don't know why again i think it's like summer goes on for a really long time in la well i mean I'm, dude today is brutal today is poor phil is suffering some, yo well he's he's coming from <laughs> yo, yo, I, 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 look i came i came i drove to the valley which is something i rarely do so that i could be here because I, that's how much i, yeah. I feel yeah. really yeah. honored because people return. are so against it because the valley is it's it death, the, well the valley of death like, yeah. and yeah. in return we turn off the ac also has to <laughs> make a better quality recording make and so in better. about an hour i'll we'll be dying i was, no. I was actually like i don't okay like i don't like to talk about the weather all that much but i like Honestly, when I got out of the car, opened the door, I was like, "What?" I was like, sh- I, was, "I was shocked," because you know the AC was going, and then I was like, you oh, "Punched yeah. in the face." With I the was heat. like, "Whoa!" For sure. Right Whoa. before here coming here, I went to Ralph's to buy my Apple for you know better quality recording technique, and I was just blasted with AC, and I was just like, "Can I just stay here?" Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Hey, why don't we bring the recording equipment to to Ralph's? <laughs> I seriously record in the frozen foods. Yeah, I went to Ralph's last night because it's across the street, and I was like, I want to go for a walk, and it was still seventy, like five, something like that. It was nine thirty at night, and then I walked in, and I was because I was wearing shorts and tank top, but then it was so over AC'd inside, and I was like, this is where I get sick. It's it's another world over here, man. What is this? It is. That's the thing I I was talking to. Thank um, you. I'm very grateful. (laughs) I was working with a woman of my friends who just moved here from New York, just talking about how like LA, especially, is pretty interesting because. You think it's all just palm trees and, you know, Southern California weather. But, you know, depending where you are, you're 
in completely different places. So yeah. different. It's a city of totally. diverse I don't locations. think it's, it's as extreme as the Bay. Like, San Francisco is always just its Even own within San Francisco, yeah. it's just, like, there's, like, weird pockets of weather. Yeah. Here. Well, San Francisco yeah. is like a microclimate. Like, yeah, it's it totally different from the entire it's rest miserable of yeah. in that whole, July. That whole seven by seven grid is just yeah. like there's like different pockets within that that city. Yeah, I mean, you cross the bay and it's the valley again. And it's you know? normal. yeah, it's yeah. literally like the normal world. Yeah, <laughs> and you go and it's like fog, and then sunshine. It's like um, yeah. Whenever I visit my cousin in San Francisco, I'm we digging deep into this weather conversation yeah. but you look outside it's like i'm not sure if i should wear shorts or a sweater you have to layer you yeah. have to have you know? like all weather you have to be ready but how do you so, layer shorts i guess just wear pants and just deal with it deal with it man yeah you've got to bring back the anoraks are those like old the, navy are those like the gap anoraks the things that you can like you know put in a pocket and oh just carry i thought you i used to have those like pants that you can zip off? Yeah, those two. So you need pant right? versions. Or, no, not breakaways. Wait, here's my question for you, Marvin. So if you say you're somewhere, you're layered up, right? Mm-hmm. You go somewhere and it's like, oh, it's hotter than I thought it was going to be. So you take off like that outer layer. Mm-hmm. And then you're out. You're not, next to, you're not in the car or anything. So you're out for the day. What do you do with that that, that outer layer? <laughs> so. That's why guys got to carry purses. You, like, you yeah, you don't have a backpack on, on you. If I don't have a backpack, I would probably just. I used to just tie it around my waist, but that was like in elementary school. I don't think that, that works anymore <laughs> no, as, as an no. adult. Well, now no we tying. Have... Yeah, <laughs> no dudes should tie. Nobody should tie. I usually just like you don't. don't I usually tie. just tuck it under <laughs> my, my arm, like, like 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 you know, like waiter style. I'm showing you guys, but yeah. people can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> or I just sling. Yeah. I just sling across my like my shoulder. <laughs> yeah, um, I have this thing about not like I hate having to carry my clothes. Like yeah, know, look. Tying around my waist or my shoulders is not an option. Oh, the Carrying around thing? is a pain in the ass. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like, yo, like, there are times I'm just like, I'm just going to keep it on because I don't want, like, I don't want to carry it. Have you ever and thrown I, anything I'd away? I'd rather just throw it away, honestly. Oh, my really? God. See, like, I think I hate being hot so much that I usually I just, like, even in co- cooler weather, I just, I just deal with the cold. Yeah. Like, I, I'm kind of cold. Mimi knows this. I'm cold-blooded. Yeah, yeah he Like, is I like things cold. Yeah. So, when it's hot, like, if I don't know if it's hotter out or not, I'm just... I'm just going to deal with the t-shirt. I am such a pansy when it comes to cold. I'm <laughs> miserable. And Marvin knows it so yeah. well how mad I get. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not happy. We're California. <laughs> not you know. warm enough. Yeah. yeah spoiled little bread. But we're in so Okay. But now we're complaining one more, about one, one more anecdote. Okay. <laughs> so I had, um, I had a good friend in college. Um, she's from Daly City. Oh, and God. And I went to school in San Diego. Uh-huh. So like I think if you grew up in San Francisco like proper – you're like a reverse weather wuss from like Southern Californians, right? So when it gets above 75, yeah, yeah. you start dying, start melting. Extreme. Right. Yeah. Where everyone's like, this is perfect. Like, no, yeah. it's hot. Yeah. Well, because it would get 70s in the, in the city and I worked downtown like on Market Street in San Francisco and when it was in the 70s, like everyone, yeah. they're busting it out like it's like 98 <laughs> degrees outside and wearing like shorts and yeah. tank tops and whatever yeah. and it'd just be like, oh my God, it's so hot. Yeah. You know, who's, you know who's screaming at the radio right now? Oh, Naomi. Naomi's screaming Naomi at us right now. screaming Why? at us. Because she's from Minnesota. Oh, what are yeah. you saying? Well, uh, okay. What are your jackets? You're in Southern California. I mean, if Sorry, we're gonna, Naomi. If I love you. I'm just saying. If we're going to continue the weather, the weather talk. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I grew up in the Bay Area. I grew up in California. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a very like, narrow comfort level, you know. And then, but I went to school in Chicago. Oh, my God. Like, oh, come that's on. Like it's like extreme. You know, it's extreme. That was like trial by fire or trial by snow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, you know, it was it was the most some of the most character building four years of my life. But <laughs> I mean, when it was over, 
I ran the hell back to California. I mean, I, you could, I could not get it that yeah. fast enough, you know. Yeah, when I was in D.C., we were pretty lucky um, to have a couple pretty mild winters, but I did experience shoveling snow for the first time, mm-hmm. which for me was a cultural experience. But I didn't know, like, if I had to do this every single, like, yeah. day, yeah. Oh, yeah. that would be I mean, we did that annoying. when we went to Tahoe. Like, you know, every time we had we stayed at, like, a cabin or something, we'd have to yeah. do that to, like, get our car out or whatever. And I was like, I'm never doing this. I mean, you can, uh, you can call me a weather wimp. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> don't, I don't care. Ca- I don't care. I'm like, this I think is what every- I grew up in. This is what I'm used to. Yeah, I mean. What I've noticed is everyone's kind of a weather wimp. Like, nobody is all weather. Yeah. Like, you have your preferences, and you complain when it's not survival preferences, right? You must survive. Yeah. Like, Naomi can walk around in California winter. Like, she did walk fine. around wearing, like, T-shirts. And yeah. I was wearing, literally, I was with her, <laughs> and I was wearing a parka with, like, a fur-lined yeah. fur yeah. hood. But I guarantee you, right now, she's dying. She was scowling at heat. me. She's melting. She's, she's a puddle. Yeah. Oh, dear. But thank you, Phil, for... Yeah. for dealing with well, this. Oh yes, of course, of course. I mean since since we brought up Naomi, let's just make a make a quick plug that um Dear White People is now on Netflix. So check, yeah. check that out. Check out um our friend Naomi. She's the Asian person in that movie. That's so funny. You'll know what we're talking about when you see it. <laughs> the she's Asian. the Asian person. Yeah. That's so funny. We met her right after we went to the theater to watch that. Yeah. I, I, I met like, her at the at the LA premiere of that movie. Oh, like nice. at the screening. Like that night I was like, hey um you're What's in up? the movie. Yeah. That's you. Yeah. Hey we're the like all the Asian people gather. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, the movie was really good. Yeah. And it's funny that we're talking about movies and you just brought up San Diego. I just got back from it. I yeah. freaking love San Diego. Mm-hmm. Like this was my third time there, but I feel like it was my first time actually really getting to experience it. Yeah. Because the second time I went was like uh, like a romantic getaway kind of thing, but it was in January. So it wasn't, it wasn't like experiencing San, San Diego. San nice all year round. I really yeah. like, yeah. I lived yeah. there for six years and yeah. it's... It was really, really I miss nice. it sometimes. But I think eventually I'll go back. But right now, it's like the thing I, with San Diego is it's unless you're an engineer or like really lucky, like mm-hmm. it's hard to work there. It's, okay. a, it's, yeah. it's a little too laid back. I yeah, think, I feel like it's a place people go to retire. Yeah. That's what everyone said. Yeah. Like that's but I can totally see that. And there's lots of lots of uh, military guys. That's right. Oh, yeah. Two, there's two big Navy bases. There's a Marine base. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's a. Yeah. That's where Top Gun takes place, if you didn't know that. I didn't know Top Gun. Myanmar oh. Air, Air Base used to be a Navy, the Naval um, Top Gun school. So that's where all the yeah. volleyball happened? Yeah. <laughs> Sweaty volleyball. Yeah. Sweaty volleyball in Sweaty, jeans. Yeah. In jeans. You know, with yeah. the aviators. Can someone re- recreate that? <laughs> well, remake. they're going to remake it sooner, I think. Are they? I'm sure I they would. Probably. Well, that's what Hollywood's Military doing now. They, they, they have to yeah. re- re- tr- redo every hit. That's right. Only now to... the bad guy's going to be North Korea instead of... Oh, whatever. Instead of... Uh, what was the bad guys in Tokyo? Soviets? Migs, right? They were playing Migs. Eastern European yeah. Soviet. <laughs> you can be my wingman anytime. <laughs> but okay. That's enough weather talk. Let's get <laughs> on to our... No, well, the reason I brought up San Diego yeah. was because I was there for the San Diego Asian American Film Festival, which yeah. was... Like, I was blown away because it was Brian, you know, it was mm-hmm. after we had been able to um, sit down and hang out with Ada and do our podcast. And lo and behold, he like, mm-hmm. I think maybe I just complained so thoroughly and so, <laughs> so much during that podcast about the films and my opinions. He invited me to be a juror, which was like a huge honor. So, yeah, that was really cool. And then I got to watch eight feature films. And I made this whole thing because I was like, oh, he, he asked me this end of July, I think, or mid-July. So I was like, I have all these plane trips coming up for collaboration. I was like, I'll just watch them on the plane. Um, only three of them. <laughs> so I had to watch the other five. Well, you wussed out on one uh, of them. Friday night. Oh. <laughs> huh? You wussed out on one of them, I did wuss right? out. 
But that means that the movie was good. okay. Yeah, I got scared. Crush the skull. By Crush the skull. Oh really? Chris- Shout out Christine. to Christine. Oh, I still Christine. want to see that movie. Oh Dude, yeah, I have it. Yeah, I have it. I heard it was yeah, fun. Literally right over there. <laughs> I heard it was fun. It's really funny. Yeah, it's no, it's, it's scary really like and funny. Guys, so. They did a good job, yeah. and I was see, Mindy, yeah, I was terrified. can't do like like the horror, like kind of the build up uh-huh. yeah. and the tension. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that's like the best part. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. You know it's gonna happen, and you're gonna figure you out. Yeah. And you still get scared. Yeah. Well, like I was watching it on a plane, and it was nighttime, and it was dark, and people were <laughs> sleeping next to me, and I'm just like, I'm That's like, I'm like good. climbing into my chair. And she has a habit of like punching people next to her when she's like, in all occasions when, like, when I'm laughing too. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Josh. Josh got beat up at the comedy comedy fest because I just kept hitting him. What's up with that? Why do you have to bring other people into? I don't your, know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like a shared moment. And I'm like whacking him. I was like, oh my god, did you hear what he said? He's like, yeah, I heard her. <laughs> I'm right here. I heard her. But it was really funny. You just want to share. I do. So. I love sharing moments. I'm one of those laughers that when I'm laughing, I look around. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Laughing are, you, too? are you digging? Are you, digging? Are you yeah. laughing too? Are we, is this funny? But I mean, it's it's kind of cool that I think 2015 in, in general has been a really good year for like Asian Americans in entertainment media. Like we've had success on TV. Our movies TV are getting better. Yeah. Like, um, part of the reason one um, to talk with Phil is because like he's been covering this stuff for like decade a long like. time a long time <laughs> yeah it's funny because yeah. it's funny because um when we decided we we're going to talk about like tv and stuff like that fall t- like you know it's fall tv you, yeah we're seeing all the ads for all the, the shows like i was actually working on a, a piece for my blog actually um like as we like like yeah. today and so i was like oh that's, that's <laughs> awesome it coincided quite nicely actually very yeah. cool because we have you know we have two family sitcoms yeah so you know our struggle's over yeah we don't need to work anymore yeah that's we're, it we've it's, made it that's the end <laughs> <laughs> no, I gotta keep just saying. be thankful but for also and... you know we've had you know daniel daniel henny's making his return to u.s television mm-hmm. and with, hello uh, daniel and then um isn't william william lee's also he's shooting a pilot right yeah, now he's... For, for usa yeah. yeah i don't know yeah that's not coming out yet but okay yeah i saw his face on one of the pilot yeah. like casting um the new um series chronicles featuring yeah. uh indian priyanka uh, chopra yeah, yeah. bollywood nice. actress yeah she's yeah. headlining that series if you're a bollywood actress that means you're like ridiculously stunningly yeah. beautiful <laughs> yeah she's gorgeous heroes coming back with masioka that's and right nice. well, masioka so I, I i did some research into this because i wasn't sure i like i kind of stopped watching the original show like near the end so i did get yeah back. i, I kind of they, they lost me in season yeah. two but uh, i looked it up and like so uh masioka and sendal ramamurthy are not part of the they're like are just they just technically cameos? just guest stars oh that's a bummer. but um this other actress from japan named yeah, there's Kiki like a Sukizane, there's like a new generation yeah, yeah. hero character. Right. Yeah. I've never watched heroes. See, this is where I go quiet because I have a lot of appreciation for things I've never watched. <laughs> I've watched and by reputation only. Yeah, by <laughs> reputation and by clips. I watch lots of clips. So I wanna like get a general understanding, but overall I don't spend nearly enough time on my Netflix or Hulu Plus, which I have on my TV and I just don't watch it. But I started to, and honestly, the film festival is like another reminder of like, just sit your butt down and watch some stuff, you yeah, know, totally. like it's, it was really, I was really impressed by what yeah. I saw. I mean, it's, it's like the whole, the comedy festival, right? Like mm-hmm. there's these talented people that are like making content that it's funny overall, but for us, it, it has a deeper layer because yeah. we, we, we relate. Yeah. Right. And all these stories are things that we can relate to. And I'm sure you saw that a lot in the films that you saw. Like, there's pieces of it that, you know, like, you totally know what they're coming from and you're glad they're being, it's being presented in, like, maybe not the way you would present it, but... 
Yeah, I mean, like, that's that's the point of like, well, it was interesting because some of the um, films were just made by Asian American filmmakers and had no Asian people in it, which oh, was really? interesting just because it's like it's showing like the director's work and sure. like the producer, which is awesome. And that's again, we've talked so much about like working behind the scenes and how yeah. that impacts art and um, casting and all that stuff. But um, the documentaries, man, those like really messed me up. They were hard to like bounce back from. in a good way. Because yeah. they're effective. They're yeah. effective, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they're and they are stories right. that again I'm learning for the first time. That's what I think has been super eye opening for me is just to realize how much I don't know. Yeah. And because like a lot of them, and the funny thing is like the conversations with even the jurors were different because everyone has consumed a different level of like Asian American history or yeah. knows that. And I I felt like out of the four I knew the least, mm-hmm. but I'm a big fan of film and like pop mm-hmm. culture and stuff. And that's where they weren't. It's like a you know interesting mix. Yeah. So like their comments and their opinions were very different from mine about like what was appreciated, and I was just like, but I didn't know anything about this. They're like, well, they're all spitting out facts and stuff. I was like, <laughs> I know none of that. I know none of it. And so all you have like, and that's an interesting thing when you show that documentary to a brand new blank slate. Right. Right. Asian yeah. or otherwise. Right. Well, that's that. It should be a the, the film in and of itself should be effective enough that anybody can watch it. Exactly. And learn something, right. Exactly. So, no matter where you're coming. That's from. That's kind of right. what I was like. I'm the I'm the like you know don't know anything walking into this. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched a hundred other documentaries about the subject yeah. or whatever. And so that was really fun. Yeah. And very I cried like a <laughs> bit. You know, it got real real. Yeah. I feel like for a long time, Asian American film was always like, we felt like we should support it, but we were never really like wowed by or like it was always like oh it was it was okay like we were always very yeah. tentative. But I feel like the quality has gotten a lot better now. Yeah. Like, now that people are getting more experience, now that technology is getting easier to use. Yeah, like, yeah. No more people are you know well, becoming better cinematographers, like DPs, things like that. And I I completely agree. But it was interesting to see how many because you have to see like there were four features per category and then the shorts i think there are five five per but even that range you see the range like you see that i saw directors and filmmakers who have a lot of promise and it's crazy to identify that because it's contrasted so severely next to somebody who is really polished Uh and really good at Mm. the shots the editing like everything and you're like damn you know yeah but you see that oh this person tried it and they did a really good job and it still hit home but it's still not the same high quality as like high quality mm-hmm. kind of punches you in your face right like the heat yeah. i think that i mean i, I you know I, i've been watching asian american cinema for almost like 20 years now yeah you know, just like on like in, independent the, the the kind of films that you're talking about that come through the film festival circuit and uh, you know, honestly, like you probably like a lot of the times I would look at those films with kind of like a a filter with a little bit of a handicap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like in terms yeah. of like, it's like, okay, you know, they tried. Yeah, or yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I really like this filmmaker. Or like, and then you you find something you'd really like about it. But there's a lot of, you know, the ones with that were like the, the full package were few and far between. You know what yeah. I mean? The one that you'd be like. I would, I, I would recommend it to, to anybody. anybody. Yeah. 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 I would just yeah. like, you know, there's, there's I'm, I'm sorry, but there weren't a, a lot. And there were some, but there weren't a lot that were abundantly like that, you know. Right. So definitely the quality level has gone up. You know, and back then, actually, there were, like, so few that were coming out. I mean, it's like, it took, like, an arm and a leg in your mortgage to make a movie back then. Right, you know what I mean? Right. So now it's, like, technology is much more, you know, it's, it's just more accessible. So there are a lot more stuff coming out. I would say the the bar is hot risen. Yeah. I would still say, though, that... You know, the, the, the film where you'd be like, dude, that's the one that's, you know, the breakthrough. That's still not... We're still not quite there. There's still films that stand out, right. especially yeah. documentaries. The, still, the documentaries yeah. have always kind of kicked ass in, you know, at Asian American cinema, but 
you know, in terms of narrative, I mean, I'm really yeah. curious how that how they would hold because I've never been to like Sundance, I've never been to Cannes or anything like that, and I want to see you know up against the best of the best. I really yeah. want to. It's a goal next January to go to Sundance mm-hmm. and like experience it for myself and watch like what are these all these different creatives doing, and that's what's so like. I, I'm completely in the same boat as you. It's like, I don't want to have to watch this with the handicap. Yeah. But I've right. kind of been... I mean, I, I think we're in a place where, like the I, like I said, the quality has gotten better across the board. And so yeah. it's yes. like, oh, it's like, like I could I could recommend this movie. You know, there's still things... Maybe there's a movie here where I was like, oh, I, the acting was really good, but like I didn't yeah. really care for the script or something like that. Yeah. Right. I think that's always the case for me. It's just, I kind of wish the writing was always better. Right. Something. And I, 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 yeah. I, I mean, I agree. In terms, like, <laughs> for me, I, I've seen. Look, I, I've I've covered festivals. I've I've been to the San Diego Asian Film Festival eleven years in a row. Wow. So, wow. so like, you know, and I'm on the board of LA LA Asian Pacific Film Festival, BC. Um, but I mean, I always watch so many films where feature narrative Asian American narrative feature films where I'm like, man, that that script was like. Two or three drafts away from yeah, being like, yeah, could have used one more like, round or yeah. two more rounds of editing, right? Yeah, to like, kind like of really make it, Paul, like Paul, just yeah. you know, just yeah. there, you know, like if, Tighter, if, if like, you'd been a little more patient and like like three more drafts, I would like, dude, that would have been a pretty good script, yeah. you know. But I mean, there's times like, where you're like, oh <laughs> shit, like why did you yeah. do that with the dialogue, you know, like like why did you include that scene? Yeah, like, I did yeah. nothing. It's just it's a, it's a gag or it's yeah. a joke that I'm sure the writer really loved, but it could have been yeah. tighter there's just know? there's just times where i'm and i think i understand this with like a lot of um especially like younger artists mm-hmm. where they're like I, I have to i have to make this movie now or i'm or i'm gonna die like i'm just like you know what i mean like i have the equipment my friends are here like we gotta just make this mm-hmm. i got this script like you know i gotta do it now you know and, yeah. and I, I think that you know a more seasoned sort of you know, with a little more mentorship or something like that, somebody would have been like, "Let's go through the development process a little bit, like a yeah. little bit more. That's Let's put the I'm ringer this, a little bit more." I think that's yeah. the thing, though, because like for a lot of the, especially we're kind of at the end, of, like the first generation of like Asian American film. Like for a lot of those filmmakers, there were no real mentors. Yeah, you know, maybe. Yeah, maybe there were like mentors in the film industry, but not no one like Asian American who can. Because there's really, a lot of you know, nuanced things, like in any story, like there's right, like kind of having that understanding i to know okay this scene or this joke or this whatever might hit home there you know i think we can be really like overly idealistic and say oh you don't have to be asian to be like a good editor give feedback or whatever for a story that's true to a degree but i think again if it's for me if it was a korean american story which i want to share one you know a, a few i have ideas for but like yeah i i would absolutely ask any writer friend, anybody who's done a screenplay successfully or has worked on a project, absolutely. But at the same time, I'd also really want that Korean American eye to like. Am I losing? Do you? Because you yeah. know what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean. And I think that's kind of where a lot of these, well, at least the films I used to watch, um, get hung up on is explaining the cultural nuance. Yeah, right? and the I don't want to explain yeah. anything. I just want yeah. it to read well. You know what I mean? Whether right. it's through the visual or the emotion of the, the actor, or you know, and a lot of that comes down to editing too. But yeah, exactly. I don't want to have to have all this <laughs> this expository dialogue. Oh, so that's what you? Well, what I mean by that is, did it, you know, I'm like, oh, we could stop. But, but I think across the board, the game has gotten like people. We, we've raised the game. I mean, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. And I think, doing better things. I think yeah. it's uh, like part of it is just like just sheer volume of people, creatives who are now like you know, what I mean, like. They're just you know, going back to the TV thing. Like back when I first started the blog, you couldn't name the number of 
like Asians on t- network television on one hand. They're all you know? lost. I mean, right. Like no, so so I, I actually count. I went back and counted. Right, like I started the blog in two thousand one. All right, I, so the so the two thousand two thousand one fall TV season. Mm-hmm. That's I looked at like when I started the blog. What was on TV on that week? You know, and I counted. I went through all the shows because actually, like back then, there were fewer shows just in general. Right? Yeah, like cable hadn't like yeah, cable really yeah. hadn't gone to the scripted game. So I counted. There were eight actors of Asian Amer- Asian or Pacific Islander descent on primetime network scripted television back then. Wow, eight, eight, eight right? Yeah. Um, and then now there's like there's like twenty in the new shows alone. Yeah, like, right. This this season, you know, right. in the new shows. So I was like, okay, well, that's like, that's a pretty good, uh, yeah. you know, and I think <laughs> quantity, you know, that helps. Yeah, no, like if you right. if you th- if you throw all these at the wall, like some of them are gonna be good, right? Yeah, <laughs> like a- yeah. and like you know, you have a pretty successful CBS. Is it CBS? Hawaii Five or CBS? Right? Hawaii Five O. Yeah. yeah, was pretty much maybe employing half the Asians on their TV right Dude, now. Dude, Hawaii Five O is say what you will about that. I watch it every week. It's, it's, it's sometimes a good procedural. It's sometimes <laughs> the dumbest thing on TV. And so, but then at the same time, like, yo, look at all the Asians that are on this show. Yeah. For better or for worse, like they're the good guys. They're the bad guys. They're the victims. Yeah. Like you're like yeah. they're the club owners. You're like, like you know uh-huh. you like I I can totally like I can get down with this like you know yeah. So I appreciate Hawaii Five O for this for being like yeah. half the Asians on CBS. You know? I mean, watch Danny Day Camp being badass. Watch yeah. Grace Park being badass. Yeah, like, it's Mazioka. Mazioka being too. smart. Do and then all the, not to mention all the guest stars <laughs> and the you know the cameos and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, no, I mean if you look back to when I first started the block to now, I was like, whoa, I can't even keep track of all the people. You know, all the Asians. That's just that's just quantity, of course. Yeah, I mean, we're not talking about quality. You know, and but, I mean we're still we're still underrepresented, but it's it's. It shows you kind of even with that much growth, like there, we, there could be more. Yeah, yeah. And so, and then something yeah. like fresh off the boat coming along, you're yeah. like, I think for a lot of people, it was an eye opener for people, for, for like a lot of doubters, a lot of haters, because yeah. they were like, even <laughs> I'm talking about even Asians who are like, of course, like, there's oh. a ton who of like, Asian haters. You know, they were like. That's uh, not my not, story. That's not, that's that's like, not gonna yeah. be. That's not gonna be good, you know. Because I don't blame people who, are, because we've been burned for many years. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I mean, they they did a, a storyline on that yeah. on the show. Yeah. Like, so when the when yeah. so when this show comes along, people are of course people are gonna be like, like I'm bracing myself for the rep sweats. You know. What yeah, I mean? the and then sweat. the show comes along. It turns out to be halfway decent and a hit. And you're like, I think a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, like this can work. This can oh. this can be a thing. You know. The heavens are opening, yeah. and, and then and then so like Doctor Ken, Dr. I, you Ken, know, yeah. like I think you can you can definitely credit something like Fresh Off the Boat for opening a door for Doctor. I mean, Doctor Ken was in development for for a long time, yeah. but you know, like one thing leads to another, and then I love the fact that Doctor Ken is like completely different from Fresh Off the Boat yeah. in every conceivable way, you know, except I for the Asian American family. It's we need that. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's Asian America is such a like a nebulous term because yeah. if. It, it encompasses so many different viewpoints, so many different families. Like we all have kind of similar points in our, which you know our cultures intersect, but the stories are different. You really know? Yeah. different. The Korean American yeah. family is different than the Chinese American family, which is different from a Vietnamese American family. From Japanese American, like yeah. again, the documentary. Yeah. Like yeah. I was like, wow, <laughs> you know. There was one documentary that I watched. Oh, it was about the Hmong community, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. I just didn't know about the refugee situation. I didn't know a lot of this drama that had been happening really recently too. You know, like. Yeah. Just and and I'm just and then but then that came to light that that community got some screen time because of uh what's his name Clint, Clint Eastwood, Eastwood yeah. his movie yeah. get off my lawn yeah you know what I mean and that's what I think and when I connect the dots I'm just like 
I've always thought this. I'm like, God, movies, music, but especially movies, you know, like when they move you and they touch, they like sucker punch you in the heart. It changes you and changes your perspective in a way that like logic and rational thinking cannot. Gran Torino. Gran Torino. Yeah. yeah I was Dude, to I didn't like, like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I was like, that's cool that like yeah. Hmong community gets some screen. Well, there's probably a lot of people first time, people went to go see a Clint Eastwood movie first time they even heard of Hmong, Hmong you know, Hmong yeah. family, whatever, you yeah. know, but you know, that movie's about, like, this old white dude, like... It's all, like, white savior. And he's total yeah. white savior. I mean, yeah. like, literally, he he dies in the Jesus pose, you know, in that movie. Spoiler, everybody. I'm sorry. But, like, you know, and he's, you like... haven't watched it yet. What he's, the heck? He's basically saving that, saving that community yeah. from itself, you know? And yeah. you're like, really? Well, like, it's Clint uh, Eastwood. Yeah. He's like... Yeah. Clint Eastwood. <laughs> I had no idea. The Hmong community, like, a lot of um, refugee communities, like, they're, they're a different story, too, because they're... Even their socioeconomic status, like in the states, are like, like a lot of East Asians came because of you know economic opportunity, academic opportunity. But the refugees came because they had to. Yeah. Right. Like, and then, literally, got yeah. Right, and like for them, they had to like struggle to. It's a huge struggle. Yeah. It still is, and then they're still finding their a lot of a lot a lot of families are still finding their footing because they're recent yeah. immigrants. I mean, you know, right. in the in the grand scheme of Asian America, yeah, they're like on the they're the newer side, right? It's still so, very yeah. new. Yeah. 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 One of the good ones was about a Vietnamese guy who uh, grew up in Indiana. And mm. that was really, really interesting. Because he wrote this whole this mini documentary for his mom who worked in a ironing board factory for like uh-huh. 30, 40 years. Jeez. And he actually captured her last day at the, and just like trying to... Because he completely closed himself off from yeah. the Asian... Like part of him, like not mm-hmm. knowing what the hell... Because his mom worked 24-7 so he couldn't even converse with her. And it was just crazy. Like I was like shit like you know and i've grown up in california with this particular story this particular community the church community and then the k-town stuff the asian pride stuff the bangs the k-pop like whatever that's a very specific story but i'm just like wow there's still so much to learn and understand and like struggle through and like you know like asian america is a vast deep yeah. place it there's really a lot of is. different like yeah, yeah. that's why there's plenty of stories prime for primetime tv yeah right for sure yeah Yeah, you got you know the story of you know refugee community in fresno modesto like yeah you know yeah like central california or like minneapolis minnesota even virginia like there's there's a big there's a big monk community like oklahoma oh yeah there's there's a huge monk community um all over like the midwest everywhere yeah yeah that's that See that refugee that's like that refugee story is sort of universal and in that they'll like minnesota like how did we get that? You know, like how did you know? And and it, there's a lot of these pockets around the United States of like these just like immigrant communities where they just end up there, and then you know a community grows out of that. And it's like the most random place, like Kansas or something like that. You yeah, know, like, Kansas. You know? I heard. Like, there's this. I heard this. Like I know this one. Um, there's this one anecdote about. Um, gosh, no, I don't remember. I want to say Arkansas or something like that, but I'm 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 probably wrong. But like, there's this one Pacific Islander community that sprouted out of there. Because one guy went over there to work at the, at the at the like the Tyson's chicken plant or something like that, and he told all his fr- like friends like, "Hey, there's jobs here. Come out here." And then like yeah. they grew out of that, and it, it, there weren't a lot of jobs there, but then it just kind of grew from there. Yeah. And like this random pocket of this Pacific Islander community is is there. I mean, it's like the general like immigrant story. Like people come here for opportunity, they bring their customs, they bring their culture, and then like. A hub starts growing, right? You know? Same thing again. One of my favorite uh, documentaries was this Tongan community. It was about Tongan uh-huh. in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, and it was so cool. I love yeah. it because I'm, I'm not a huge sports fan, but something about football. I mean, football is oh, so all. Was it, all was it uh, in football we trust? 
No. It was, uh, I forgot the name of it, but it was about the Tongan community. And it's talking about how the dad, the the main character, the main guy that follow is actually just starting at University of Austin. Mm. Um, and he's start, he's playing football there. And there's a huge Tongan community in Texas where they all play football and they all congregate around airports. So they got hired one, one guy from, uh, from i forgot which island he was from but they were very specific and he came and he got hired by uh dallas fort worth airport uh-huh. to work and then he's just like and the, the perks of working at the airport were free flights so he was like mm. dude y'all need to get on this and like whatever uh, and that's how the community grew because they all worked at the airports and so he's like right. there's pockets <laughs> of our communities all over the country but they're all like based around airports to be fair though it is dfw so all the flights are delayed i know they are <laughs> oh my god i mean it brought back memories when i was like you work at dallas fort worth <laughs> but it was really funny but it was talking about how their kids are all grown up now and they're all like you know in high school and going to college yeah. and they're huge i mean you're in texas you're a psycho football fan yeah so Especially- they're huge guys too and like, they're like crazy those specific island communities are you know they like you know you look at the communities in oceania they're all they all play rugby and they yeah all, they're like, like super know? like the contact so sport like, blah blah blah. it's really american fun football is american rugby so yeah and <laughs> the documentary a, yeah. was just really fun because you like they they in, they bring their culture and when they do their uh their rallies together yeah, the um, yeah. and then um they're all sitting around like playing the ukulele and singing together <laughs> after practice i was like this is so dope in the middle like of dallas where yeah you just think Dallas, Texas, and you have, you think blonde cowboy cheerleaders. In the, con- in the context of films and television, like these are all stories. These are all stories <laughs> that can be tapped. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they made the, they made shows about the ran- the most random shit like out there. And, That's like, what I'm saying. You know what I mean? So you can make movies and TV shows about these things. Like they're and, interesting. And <laughs> sort of like you know, not all ideas have expired yet. Like TV has yet to. TVs and movies have yet to tell these stories. So well, we're on the cartoon rampage right now. We're on the comic rampage. So <laughs> after that has been exhausted, yeah. but they're already remaking the same comic right. hero like yeah. eighteen times now. <laughs> it's true. At some point, that will. <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? <laughs> yeah. I think it just takes like you know we're we're, we're developing writers now too. Like we have um, Shang Wang, a, a former oh, yeah. collaboration guest comedian yeah. uh, from Berkeley from the Bay Area he yeah. lived near for a while he just moved to LA and became a new writer for Fresh Off the Boat right. nice yeah. Yeah. he has a new album coming out that Phil says this week. is quite excellent it's it's really good album super, yeah he has a comic, stand-up comedy album oh cool yeah. cool yeah check it out it's so funny it's called uh, Cornucopias are like terrible containers are, are horrible containers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cornucopias are horrible containers yeah. are actually horrible containers um, yeah he's on yeah he's a writer yeah. on Fresh Off the Boat you know so you know that, and that writing staff on Fresh Off the Boat, by the way, is like the has to be the most diverse, yeah, uh, writers' room on TV right now. I'm it's, sure it's pretty amazing. Yeah. I'm sure, and we had Ali Wong at the conference, and yeah. it was just yeah. like crazy to meet her. Finally, I've heard about her for years. <laughs> Finally, getting, and yeah. she's about to pop. And like, <laughs> she actually, not... she actually was the one that brought Shang Wen. I was actually yeah. surprised to see him there. Yeah, because um, this is totally going off tangent line, but um, I first started following him about like. I want to say 10, 12 years ago at this like Asia Week comedy showcase nice. when he was first starting out. Yeah. So just to see him, I kind of had a geek, like a geek moment. So like, oh, are you saying why? Stand-up comedy is so brutal. Nice I've he's said so, this sometimes. I love his style though. His style is super like, yeah. uh, you know, like smart, observational, but like kind of like dry wit. And yeah. like, he's from Houston, so he's got that yeah. like kind of... Like, he's got that little drawl. Yeah, little, I love... Like kind yeah. of slow pace. His like, delivery is great. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Is, wait, so but he's he's from the Bay, but he has like a he's from uh, Houston. Yeah, he's so from Texas, he's yeah. from Houston. He went to Berkeley, I, I want to say. Yeah, 
And then he started comedy in the Bay and then moved to New York for a couple of years. And then he just moved to LA like yeah. a couple months ago. So right. it's kind of, kind of cool. Uh, the Shout out, Chang. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't get to say hi. I said hi to Ali. Sorry, I, I invited him. We, we, we both invited him to our stuff. So he'll, he'll appear eventually. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. No, he's I have so much be, to uh, He's going to be this week's angry read of the week, actually. Nice. Sweet. So, nice. That was really cool. Again, that was another like milestone in my yeah. Asian American journey. Can we talk about that? Why? Just how, Why are we talking know, about like, it? No. <laughs> I just feel like, so I first discovered your blog, I think, I want to say towards the end of college. And what year was I was, was in that? the middle of was, college. Yeah. Because I was doing research. So, so um, all throughout, like from when I had the internet forwards, like I've always done, you know, some research on Asian American artists, just see what's out there. I mean, you know, um, the, one of the first albums I ever bought was um, Left of Zed, which is um, John Cho's band. Yeah. 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 Um, used to follow like Christine Sa, Mulan, um, like the old school, like that's independent the, artists. I mean, that's when the scene was was like thin. Yeah. You know which I mean? started. Was, you yeah. could name that number of artists who were actively doing stuff on, you know. Right. Ken Oak. Yeah. And, Ken and Oak. Yeah. So I think I was doing. I, I found out about Priscilla on, and I was doing a, I don't think it was Google yet. I think it was probably Yahoo or like, the, like Alta Vista search or whatever. Primitive search. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. We get it. And then, um, and then your blog popped up and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then it quickly became, came into my, like my daily rotation of, you know, sites to check. Oh yeah. So, what year like, was that around then? Probably like 2005, 2006. Okay. Like okay. When, yeah. yeah. It was around then when I discovered you. Cause I was, yeah. I, I was in college 2003 till 2008. Okay. So it was somewhere in, the, I think, in the later years yeah. that I... So eventually when you asked me to become angry to read, I was like, oh, this is like like a bucket list type yeah, of thing. Yeah, <laughs> it was huge. People say I that. Like, I, I'm always like, really? Like, I don't... Like, yeah. You know, when I started that feature, it was so... It was just kind of a, like, a, oh, it's like, oh, this is a fun way to like um, showcase the people I've connected with over the years because my community is growing yeah. over the years, you know, having done this for so long. And then... I didn't realize it would become such like a badge of honor for so many like people are like, Oh my god, my dream has come true. I'm like, really? Like <laughs> Well, you know. I mean, you probably feel this, but like for a lot of us, especially in those like those of us that started using internet, you know, in our formative years, like you were kind of one of the bigger influencers of like how we, you know, because you were saying, about things, you were like, saying yeah. shit that we wanted to say, and that or the and you were showing us things that to, we wanted to see to, and, to you know? people out loud in a in a very public way that I think was really not alarming but just like it was so it was very empowering you're just like oh okay yeah because you know because <laughs> yeah. you, you get it from the moment you see it but like you, you never maybe it just didn't put the the thoughts together to like actually put it out there and you know yeah i mean i've way. heard that a lot lately in terms as i become more introspective about my work i mean having done this for so long now like you start to you, you know you meet now now i meet like generations of people like you know yeah, just like yeah, like of, yeah. of college students who've come across the blog and now some their parents and stuff and they're yeah. all like no, not parents quite <laughs> just yet i mean like i've been doing it that long but like you know people who are like telling me like oh my god like your blog like you know really opened my eyes to like whatever th-. and i'm like really like i you know so if i have to i've had to step back and be like why is it so popular because for me it was always just like i'm gonna just do this blog i'm like i'm expressing things that i'm interested in just yeah. sharing this sharing information you know and then but I think for a lot of people, it was a gateway to like you know connecting with some with ideas that they were, like you said, like they were yeah. like things people were thinking about, but nobody was articulating. And right. I was like, yeah. I was surprised, you know, <laughs> I was surprised that it connected in that way. And it was also just very like you had a very, like you you followed the pop culture as well, which is which was kind of unique in that time because a lot of the Asian American blocks back then were, were kind of more political and more you know had more of those leanings, and yeah. you know. 
I think um, for a lot of us that were looking for like, because I was trying to remember where I got my Asian American news before your blog, and I couldn't really think of much. I don't think I, I've yeah. that was the beginning for me. <laughs> you know, and like, it's I subscribed to a magazine, but they like died. Yeah, and then um, it's hard. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I mean, we know yeah. this so thoroughly because of collab, but it's so hard to keep going it's so hard to start like it's easy to launch an endeavor it's very hard to maintain it absolutely because you got to do it because you love it and that's why that's why i'm still here doing this because like you know like i could have given up a long time ago but same with us for collab and sometimes i love it so much i hate it right it's a labor of life it takes too much you do it because you love it you know yeah yeah freaking love it to death um (laughs) yeah i mean i that's it i mean the pop culture angle is like I love this stuff. This is <laughs> yeah. what I, I... I was a film major in college. And I, was, I didn't you know, know that until our I, conference when he was on the panel that I was moderating. Oh. I didn't know Phil's full background <laughs> until I asked him the question, you know? Yeah. I loved new. all that stuff. And so that's why it filters into the blog. I mean, yeah. look, that's why yeah. I'm so... Pat- I can write a giant-ass piece about, <laughs> like, all the Asians on TV, you know? So... Yeah. Let's get into this, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those superficial thoughts here. We're going we're gonna to dig into this. I love it. Those are the only people like, and, and everyone I think has their thing that they can talk about passionately, and that really reads differently than somebody who's reading because they have to, like writing about something that they have to, reporting on something that they have to, speaking about something that they have to, versus something that like you really just yeah, yeah. naturally care about. Yeah, I mean that's why I'm sort of proud of at least way the way the blog has gone, and how much it's grown, and the way people are drawn to it because I've never tried to pander it and and like try to get people to come. By writing something that I wouldn't really give a shit about, you know, it's, yeah. it's always like things I like really liked, and so, um, you know. And I think it's interesting how you've kind of become like people want to know what you think about things. Like, and I see yeah. your I see your Facebook post yeah. a lot about guys. Please stop sending me these articles. Yeah, <laughs> what's going on. stop it's it. Weird. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, I get that too. It's just I don't know. I mean. Every now and then, there's something that comes along. I'm like, this is com- I don't even give a shit about. It. I don't care about this. Stop yeah. sending me this. And I can't, you know. Yeah. Leave uh, me alone. Yeah, it, I don't it's, care. It's weird because people are like, "Why aren't you writing about this one thing?" I was like, "Look, you already clearly know about it. Why do I have to write about it?" You yeah. Because like, now know. there's like other actual news yeah. sources that write up. Like that's the thing. Like you know, NBC Asian America has kind of come up in the last year, and yeah. that's where I see a lot more of the news stuff yeah. nowadays. And it's interesting that like these days, like Asian American news is actually. Uh, a thing that yeah. like well they're yeah. still the only one doing it but they're definitely it's a great legit channel for like yeah. you know for journalism so yeah. that's the yeah. other thing I, I mean like Asian American blogs aren't quite as I think that the, the sort of landscape isn't quite as robust as it once was but the but people are still writing about like Asian Americans are still writing like really great pieces and there's still demand for like yeah. pieces that we can yeah. relate to and all, like... all these great think pieces come out on a daily basis that, you're, <laughs> that are being shared and like yeah. we're having discussions it's like I don't think there's a, a dearth of, of of like you know yeah. discourse hap- happening on our community you know? yeah like we mentioned there's, there's stories everywhere there's yeah. stuff to talk about everywhere and um, we're going to talk about a little bit more of some of that stuff after this break This podcast is brought to you by Collaboration, a nonprofit organization and movement to elevate Asian American artists and leadership and community. Yep, we're all about doing what you love and representation and all that good stuff. That Asian American story, yo. Yeah, we got a couple uh, events coming up in the next couple months um, that you guys should um, keep your eyes on. Uh, first up is Collaboration San Francisco is having their annual showcase. This time an alumni showcase um, 
on October 10th, uh, featuring BuzzFeed's Ashley Perez as her MC. Yeah, I'm so sad. So I'm going to be actually, so there's a, another, if you're in Houston area, so this is actually a double plug just because I'm, I'm, for those of you who don't know, I'm the former Collaboration San Francisco Executive Director, and they're going to be featuring some of my favorite, favorite, favorite collaboration uh, alumni. They're going to be doing collab performances, I hear. They're rehearsing. They're putting all these promos out. It's amazing. And I, unfortunately, cannot be there, but I will be watching all the video footage afterwards because I know it's going to be a really, really great show. So if you're in the Bay Area, go check that out. It's going to be a really fun show. Um, it's really exciting that Ashley is hosting, but, I mean, the talent is going to be really great and uh, it's right in the heart of downtown San Francisco so was the venue again it's the Marvin is gonna look that up but on that same day if you are in the Texas Dallas Houston area I think Austin's not that far either um, come check out SACE Fest SACE Fest is uh, SACE is the Society for Asian Scientists and Engineers it's their annual conference their national conference um, so they're expecting about 2,500 3,000 people out at that event but uh, Collaboration is partnering up with them to put on their first festival which is SACE Fest and it's gonna be headlined by our beloved collab fam uh, Paul Date Noel Kuntz and Dan Matthews Dan A.K. Dan and headliner big headliner is Clara C so it's going to be a really fun show I can't wait to be out there I'm going to be helping um, possibly run a session talk about leadership talk about identity and then talk about the arts and creativity all that fun stuff and then have this really really great show it is um, Clara's first show in a while right yeah she's been I mean I think she's been doing smaller shows but yeah this is a pretty big one and she it's been a while Awesome. So you can check that out at SACE, um, Society of Asian Scientists and Engineers. I think they have their website, dot org. Okay. I think they got their website awesome. just for that. And um, also shout out to Collaboration Houston. They've been helping orchestrate this giant festival. It's about four hours long. I think there's going to be, there's three different rooms. So multiple stages and I think six, upwards of 20 acts that entire night, yeah. afternoon, night, it's a big deal. And yeah. Collaboration San Francisco is going to be at the Marines Memorial Theater. Yes, Marines Memorial Street. Theater. That's where they had Mr. Hyphen Okay, one year. That's the year that I saw Sean Mira for the first time. <laughs> Shout awesome. out to Sean. Yeah. And uh, if you go to the website or Facebook, tickets are on sale now. So hurry up and get your tickets before they sell out. Word. Yep. And um, one hey, last plug, a quick uh, save the date, is our Collaboration Star Finale show is happening on November 14th in downtown Los Angeles at the Aratani Theater going to be a big show we're in the middle of planning right now so right now no additional details but to save the date you know you want to be there oh it's going to be so good there's already stuff that we're starting to confirm that i can't share yet it's a secret so stay tuned <laughs> and yeah that's um I see that. that's what happened no, no that's awful oh, that's no, that's that's a problem you should just see <laughs> someone about i that. don't see that no 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 no, no. <laughs> we just talked about how i'm not good with scary movies i don't yeah, know why i said that terrible and I'm that's sorry. that's those are the your collaboration updates. Um, as always, um, you can find our stuff at collaboration.org. Um, also, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram. We're also on Snapchat at Collabo Snaps. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and now back to the show. And we're back. Welcome back, guys. Yay! It's <laughs> good to be back. <laughs> Let's move on to our next topic. Um, coming off of what we what we signed off on the last segment, the fact that you know Asian American news is now more prominent, and you know our our narratives are being reported on finally or more more um, frequently. Uh, one of the biggest narratives that, that's come out in the last couple, let's say, in the last month or two, is you know with the with the um, presidential race heating up. 
for some reason we got Asians got dragged into the whole narrative, you know, with Trump and whatever. Going all crazy. Yeah. Pinatas. So one of the biggest things <laughs> come out, like we're not going to dwell on the presidential race because whatever, who cares? <laughs> but um, the whole thing about like the model minority narrative being dragged out again, also the anchor baby narrative now, switching the, the heat from the Latinos to the Asians and how this phenomenon of, you know, people coming in and having babies and invoking the birthright, you know, laws to become citizens is now kind of the new yellow peril, right? Right. It's yellow not the new yellow, yellow peril. I mean, it's just, it's just kind of the, it's repackaged yellow peril. I yeah. mean, I, I think it's, it's, you know, there's a, there's a, there's many things to approach this with. First of all, we have to talk about like, it's a, pre, it's the presidential race heating up. That inevitably means invoking some kind of like these days it's china right you could just people are gonna like they're gonna bring up china in in any number of ways how china you know sort of invoking this fear over china's economic might mm-hmm. uh how they're they're kicking our ass in whatever any number of measures right and people yeah. are trying to like we can't let the chinese <laughs> defeat us you know and so politicians yeah. really prey on America's fear of not being number one, you know, yeah. in, in in every way. The know? greatest fear of an American is yeah. not being the best at yeah. everything. It's like, forget the fact that we're not, we haven't been the best at anything for a very long time, except maybe like mass shootings. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, so it's an easy, quick way. Like when politicians want to, politicians want to say like, uh, they need to say that America is awesome. And now what's the best way to do that is by saying that, those other people are not awesome. They right? suck. But they're getting better, and we need to be afraid of that. We're right? coming here and taking our right. jobs. And taking, taking our jobs, our, taking our citizenships. Taking our spots in school. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting that, so I want to go veered more towards the modern minorities, always been a double-edged sword. Right. Right. And, you know, the fact that we're, we're a minority that's either propped up or kind of shot down, but we're never really, like, like, all the people who support the mono minority like myth want us to fit in, uh-huh. but because of the myth, like we we're never fitting in, right? right? And it's being used as both a way to like show us off, but also put us down, right? Right. And it's interesting that you know, um, there's been a lot of there's been a, a book that's been published recently called um, the Asian American Achievement Paradox uh-huh. by Jennifer by Lee. Jennifer Lee, who and then there's been a lot of reports on kind of just the findings or the the assumptions or the assertions from the book that like. There's this thing that they um, coined called Asian American privilege, which is just the fact that we come from like East Asian cultures that value education, right? Like, you know, back in the olden days, like in China, to move up, you have to take tests to become officials and judges and things Uh like that. So like school, studying, taking tests has always been part of the East Asian, you know, culture. Uh And so because of that, when the immigration started coming, you know, like the Taiwanese, Chinese, Hong Kong. Um, they started building cram schools, right, for their kids. Yeah. And then that kind of, the fact that this infrastructure was in place kind of made it so that even if you weren't from a highly educated family coming, immigrating into the States, you had access to all these right. resources. Right. And that kind of, you know, creates a yeah. sort, of, sort of cultural privilege. Right. right? Well, that's the, thing. well that's the thing. It's the, I don't, so I've read parts of that book, and um, there's one thing that... You, kind of have to emphasize before you go into like talking about Asian Americans and the yeah. way we push like that book only that study was only um, covering like Chinese right. Vietnamese and Mexican immigrants right so mm-hmm. it's, it's so um, it doesn't like we said before I mean like Asian America is vast, vast and deep yeah. and so it's Very hard diverse. to hard to describe it in one's <laughs> you know one swath right but like um, a couple of interesting things that come out of that is like um, 
you know, it's. It, I think part of its thesis is it's saying like, you know, Asian Americans don't value education more than the other than the other person. Like everyone values education, right? It's just, what are the res- But what are the resources that are available to us? And then mm-hmm. an interesting thing that you know it says is that um, the immigrants from China who are coming over, they are a part of a group that is highly educated. It's not like. You know, like the statistics is like something like fifty percent of the immigrants yeah. from China went to college, right? And only like five percent of people in China went to college, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a very specific group of people, right? So you bring those people who are like college educated, will emphasize education to their kids, and this is the most important part: is that they will shuttle them into these extracurricular resources that get you the extra tutoring, that get you a leg up, that will get you into schools, like whatever, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of other immigrant communities, they're not plugged into that. They're not, you know, they, they don't have that network of sort of um, extra yeah. tutelage, you know what I mean? So right. that's part of it, you know? Mm-hmm. I, and I think that there's a little, just a little sort of, you know, there's a little extra hustle that went on, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and that because, but the, the privilege part is that they had this stuff available to them, you know? Yeah. I'm wondering though... Like, how many other groups, like, if we did this study more comprehensive, like, across the board, mm-hmm. what kind of findings would come out of that? Just, I don't know how to formulate my thought right now. I'm just, like, sponging well, the, it. I mean, the fact is that there are other Asian American groups that are, like, that are struggling, right? Yeah, it's like, very that much are, so, yeah. That have a lower levels of, um, you know, uh, higher education attainment, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Just, be, like, because these resources aren't, haven't been made available in a lot of these communities, you know what I mean? Like, the Chinese... The the Chinese community is has been here for a very long time. They've settled deep roots and they've created their network of CLCs. You know what Come I mean? On, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and so you don't have to look very far for those resources. Right, right, right. Know? But it's you know, the, the fact is like you, you can look at how you can parse this information down whatever way. But the fact is like people are looking at Asia. You know, they'll just do a lazy assessment and say like, oh, Asians. Look at them. Look how much they value education. Look how much they are achieving. Look how naturally smart they are, you know. Yeah. And then the reason why they do that is to compare that to other groups and saying, like, how come you can't do better? You know what I mean? That's, yeah. the, that's, that's the insidious wedge <laughs> part of the minority myth, you know? Yeah. And then let's also take a look at mental health. Let's take a look yeah. at oh, yeah. suicide pressure, rates and like pressure yeah. and um, depression. Yeah, another interesting thing that came from that book is also the, the, um, the effects of stereotypes on you know, Asian American youth. Like, even if you're not naturally high-achieving, like, the stereotype is that you are. And that's how in schools and administrators treat you. Yeah. And, like, you kind of just, like stumble your way onto AP classes and in the colleges and things like that, right? That, yeah. was, that yeah. was totally fascinating to read yeah. about that that phenomenon of like, there's like this positive stereotype that yeah. affects you in that people just give you the benefit of the doubt and exactly. then you're shuttled into the more high achieving. <laughs> and then because you're in it, yeah. it like, it brings out the best in you. Right. Because you're like, like, oh, I belong here and I'm so, like, like, oh, whatever. I need to work a little harder to keep up with my yeah. classmates. Yeah. Or it could be yeah. like imposter syndrome, like, you know, like, I shouldn't be here. I got. I have to work hard. You know? yeah. yeah. Well, in any case, yeah. well, like not not even on like the the ethnicity thing, but like they've done studies that for me that I've I've been following. Actually, last week I heard this report that they've been studying the effects of uh, female versus male students just in terms of like science uh-huh. and math. Yeah. Because they're like saying like baseline who's naturally more inclined. There's not really a big difference. Like yeah. men and women, or like girls and boys, are just as good as each mm. other in science and math. 
at a younger age as they go up again like what are the things that like yeah, impact like, them societally to then and it, they found that the teachers the way that teachers would yeah. grade when you took away names they actually it it and when they kept names the the grading was different yeah i mean that's the a big part of it was like different. They, they also did study on the flip side like for yeah. like latino or african-american students like yeah because of negative stereotypes they weren't Never given the benefit of doubt. Exactly. Yeah. And like they weren't, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. So they're saying like we should do nameless uh, grade or like whatever. Like there needs to be these controls of like how we're going to uh, really analyze and assess people. Take out the society. Take, like take the out that, that, that all that BS because yeah. like they're going to, it is going to impact the person's yeah, perception yeah. of you. It's interesting. So a story that I've wanted to bring up for a while, but um, it's kind of old, I guess an old stuff, but the whole hashtag movement, um, I look like an engineer. Do you guys Dude, that. I followed that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, they had an ad for like the startup company, right? For like a like a product manager engineer, but she, you know, she had makeup on. She was dressed She's nice. Very pretty. And ever, like, apparently, internet got mad. Like, that's not what engineers look like. Right. Or things she like got that. mad. Right. Yeah. Right. Shout out to her for <laughs> no, starting that. Yeah. That's yeah. and then yeah, it sprouted started sprouted that whole movement of like. It was a lot of engineer, a lot of yeah. women engineers who were like, like, this is what an engineer looks like. What is it? What was the hashtag? I look like an engineer. I look like an engineer. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I can wear whatever I want because I'm still smart enough to like do the work. Yeah. I do this right? job, but, and I, I mean do that's it well. still a major issue in like Silicon Valley. Like, oh the, hell the disparity, yeah! The disparity of like women hell to men engineers yeah. is yeah. like is insane. Like it's 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 staggering, you know. Well, even in leadership, because my my best friend works for Twitter, and she's like the, I hear stories all the time about that that work environment because she has to travel a lot, and you know even outside of Silicon Valley, I mean obviously in Silicon Valley where a lot of those decisions are being made, it's like all the top heads of everything are there. Mm-hmm. But she's saying even when she travels for work and talks to clients and stuff, it's still like she's like it's a giant sausage fest. Mm-hmm. There are things that I have to deal with, and she's Chinese American, so. She That's has double layers. Right yeah, there, yeah. And so and it's funny for her because, you know, she's best friends with me and I'm all about the Asian American conversation. Right. All 24 seven. She's very much removed from that. So she actually asked me some questions. Linda, I'm sorry if I'm like sharing your story and I'm not supposed to. But whatever. <laughs> it's very relevant. Hola, Linda. But, Hi, Linda. Uh, but but she but she asked me like she's like she didn't it, it was less um, obvious to her like what was happening in terms of the way she was being treated. Mm. And. They would kind of talk down her and they assumed that she was shy and she's not like she's yeah. very social. But like she she noticed like over time, she's like, why does everyone like say, oh, but we, I thought you're so shy. And in no instance was she ever really shy. It's like, like F you. Yeah. She got, like it was, you know, and it, it took a while for it's kind of like the frog in the pot. Right, like she was just kind of, and the water's going up. And she's the water's boiling, but yeah. boiling, but and, and she just didn't notice it because she's in it every day. And then one day she's like, "What the f-? like? What <laughs> like? You know, there's it's not only the shy thing of like, oh, you need to be more assertive, but then when she's assertive, it's like it's taken differently, and it's just yeah. yeah I mean, that's the whole gender thing where it's like, how can you be like, if you act like your male peers, you're seen as like. Oh yeah, like bitchy or like yeah. you know. I mean, that's the problem with my, like just women and men and like negotiating for salaries and like everything. It's like you you suddenly put more value on yourself and you're looked at as like you're a demanding little bitch, <laughs> you know. Bossy, that's, Bossy. Yeah, that's the pejorative, right? Yeah, but anyway, I mean, there's just layers, and it's weird to have grown up in such a diverse community as like the Bay Area my entire life, but then to see how it all plays out there anyway, yeah. right? Like you can compare San Francisco to like. That doesn't Middle mean it, of Kansas, dude, it's it just could be. Different. I mean, honestly, like the diversity of the Bay Area, it being like, you know, all these Asians, like that doesn't mean anything. That just means yeah. it's just like it's it's less talked about. People think that it's okay. It's exactly, a, yeah. it's fertile ground for it's a fester. You know, what I mean? yeah. like just this past 
dude, just yesterday, like, I, I'm sorry to be introducing new topics into no, the thing. No, but no, like, no, no. You know, there was Breaking like in, in San Francisco in the Portola neighborhood, like there was a bunch of graffiti. It says no more Chinese, yeah. right? Like <laughs> there's like three or four different instances where people like just, you know, on Sunday they discovered like, what the hell? Like it, it's, somebody had written no more Chinese on, wall, on several walls and on the street. You know what I mean? And Portola is like, I think that area is like 61% Asian, you know? So, wow. you know, some fools out there like, <laughs> Last you know, week, being okay. racist, like the, you know, San Francisco is considered, like, one of the most liberal cities in the world, but yeah. it doesn't mean shit, you know? Like, yeah, it doesn't. I mean, you get that point where, like, there's there's been a, what's gentrification, but with Asian invasion, let's just call it that, of, like, a lot of communities, especially, like, the communities in Bay Area where engineering talent is highly sought over, you know, we're, we're importing people from, not importing, we're bringing people over from, you know, India, from China. We're also just outsourcing, we're just, yeah. like, going to India and <laughs> um, setting up offices. And, you know, in, in Southern California, San Gabriel, like, the mainlanders are coming. Mm-hmm. They're buying all the houses. Everyone's getting mad that they're coming and like taking over. Like there's no more like American supermarkets in my city. But at the same time, you're the one selling your houses to them and moving to Pasadena. You know, like <laughs> dude, I, people are upset that like that that thing about uh, American supermarkets. That yeah. that there was that whole article about that happening in uh, in like Monterey Park or something like that. It was right? San Gabriel, my San, Gabriel yeah. San Gabriel, right? Yeah. It's like you know. People were like, oh, what they're really upset is like, there's no more Americans, quote unquote, American supermarkets. Like, 99 Ranch is an American supermarket. I will, I will, I will, I will argue that to, to I die. <laughs> it was started in America yeah. by Americans, Asian Americans, right? Yeah. For yeah. Americans in America. Like, there is no 99 Ranch market in China or in Asia. Right? Yeah. So, that's, that is an American. You're, 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 they're all, there are Walmarts, though. Yeah, <laughs> they all sell. Ninety Nine Ranch does sell frosted flakes, etc. People people are upset because it's not white. Yeah, like, like, yeah. let's yeah. just let's just get down to it. It's like it's not white. You know, the, the, it sells foods that like I don't. It doesn't have bologna. Like I like it. You know, like I you bet know. you they do though. Yeah, <laughs> they have bologna. I've been to the I've been to the American food they aisle. Have, they have the American aisle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have their aisle. It's a, I was your, in Ralph's last reversal. night. And, you get yeah, your mac the, and cheese. Yeah. You get your. I was in the Asian aisle at Ralph's yesterday. Looking for some like chili garlic sauce. <laughs> and it was like triple the price I would get at an Asian market. I was like, I'm not yeah. buying this here. <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird double life. That's why I want to make my movie about it. That's why I feel like these stories are totally just these intriguing. are American stories. They yeah. are American. I will say stories. this. I, I, I said this uh, in a conversation I was doing a while back. Um, I said the story of America is the story of immigration. Yeah. Right. Immigration yeah. Been. and vice versa. Yeah. And so. People are always like, it's just that the kind of immigration that people want to see yeah. is, you know, mm-hmm. when it has this face, this Asian face, yeah. you know, that's... All the, white people are immigrants. It's the kind, it's the, yeah. it's the, it comes along with being Asian. It's like, you're seen as foreigner forever. Till yeah. I'm an old man, I'll be seen as a foreigner, you know? Yeah. And the funny thing is like, when like, you know, when the Italians and Irish started coming, they were seen as foreigners too. They were hated on like... They all hate each other too. Yeah. That's what my friend, like my, my white friends, I have a ton yeah. of white friends and they're all joking about like, oh, well, you know, I get it because you know like Irish and, and hate the British people like they're always talking shit and blah blah and I was like yeah. yeah but like honestly people could look at you and they wouldn't really be able to differentiate unless you had like really red hair and like a thick accent or something I'm sure the original colonists saw pasta and said what is that immigrant cuisine <laughs> what is this crap <laughs> you know tomato like, sauce I, I get no it's it's a it's a it's an interesting weird layered complex conversation sometimes I feel genuinely bad and then I get mad that I feel bad. Like, I don't want to feel bad. Why the hell do I feel bad? Like, I, you know. And then I just don't want to care anymore. Mm, I just don't yeah. want to care at all. Yeah. Like, I just want to remove. I'm like, I'm just a person. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what you think. But then, like, 
when it affects people I love, when it like brings my parents into the conversation or like my brothers, like I get really angry. Well, and I kind of just feel like when you get older, you start to see like you go through like when you're when you're adolescent, all you want to do is fit in. Like being different is like the last thing you want to do. But mm-hmm. as you start coming to your own, you start realizing your place in like your society and your world. Now that our world is connected by the internet, your world is global and like how people see you is like so much more, you know. But doesn't that make you want to, like, not give a shit even more? Because you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, like, the whole problem right now. And that's what being talked about in, like, the imposter syndrome thing. Like, we're so inundated with all these, like, these modes, like, these ways of validation, validation, Mm -hmm. right? That we want the approval of everybody. And that's just human nature, right? This, like, anthropologically speaking, we, this is how we thrive as society is by knowing that we're okay with our peers or, like, our communities. That people Mm -hmm. don't want to murder us, right? But... So at that basic level, I don't, I don't really, I'm not trying to judge people for wanting to be liked and wanting to be accepted, but at what cost, you know what I mean? It's just, uh, it exhausts me. So I just like, I'm like, some days I'm like, I don't care anymore. But I mean, say what you will about that kind of stuff. Um, The the fundamental narrative of like the Mm -hmm. American dream is still kind of the fundamental narrative, like storyline of the immigrations, right? Like um, I was reading an article by uh, Jeff Yang. Our friend Jeff Yang, um, fresh out the boat, daddy, um, about you know like the new CEO of Google and how like uh-huh. a lot of like new CEO of, of like uh, Microsoft and like all these like Asians coming up and becoming CEOs of tech companies and consumer products companies. And I was reading this other article on LinkedIn about how that can only happen in America. Mm-hmm. Like right. some of these, especially for these like specific people, because if they had stayed in their original countries, like they would have mm-hmm. never had the opportunity to move up. Right. Because you know. Um, in East Asia, especially, like competition is way higher. There's way more, a lot more people, and there's more. Um, I guess what's the word like, um, like economic like advancement is much harder. There's no class right? jumping. Yeah. I feel like that's mm. that's what one of my friend was friends were talking about this about how you know in different cultures, different societies, not just necessarily Asia. Like yeah. saying that about the UK, like they they are not fans of people, you know, advancing themselves and jumping out of like. Extreme poverty yeah, to yeah. suddenly become it's just hard and it's just harder and it's harder yeah, and yeah. they have structures they don't and societal like, like expectations. The new rich, like, you yeah, know, your old money or yeah. You're like, yeah. You know. Either you're born into it and you're kind of like of this, <laughs> you know, higher breed yeah. of people. Or but you're even not. like gender wise, like you know, your your friend Linda probably would have had a harder time getting to her position if she had been in Asia, just because of right. like generals in America are pretty like they're they're not ideal, but they're even worse like in other. Countries, oh, of course, you know? of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we're and people comment on that, like you guys are so pampered and you're still complaining and blah blah. It's like, well, I mean, to go back to the immigration thing, I'm just like, you know, the point is that yeah, these companies and this innovation happened because of immigration, because of immigrants, you know, yeah. immigrants, and then the children of immigrants, you know, all this stuff happened. Silicon Valley is built on the backs of like immigrant engineers. Hell right? yeah. yeah! So it's like hell yeah. You know, we always. <laughs> The, the the dominant narrative right now, especially in these political seasons, is like immigration is bad. We're like we need to keep America American, whatever yeah. you know, like, whatever that you know, means. Was it? Like yeah. we want to go back to the way things them. used to be. Like what? Like that is such bullshit. You know what I mean? Like America, in, America is a better place and has always innovated and become better because of immigration. You know, yeah. it's like it's a reason why we're all here right now. You it's know, the reason why we have these fancy smartphones and yeah, reason like <laughs> you know. It's yeah. just it's just that people don't can't reconcile this idea of immigration with like I'm sorry it just comes a lot of it comes down to racism just flat out racism like you want America to look a certain way it's like when it looks like this there's yeah. three people around the table right here people have a, some people have a hard time with that you know and Tongan football players 
coming to you, UT Austin. I'm seriously going to watch that because I want to see him with his giant hair flowing. He's awesome. He's like such a great character. It's just he's just being himself. He's an 18-year-old kid. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I was I mean, like, that's Texas football right there. I mean, Pacific Island Simones have a they, – they've been in football for the last like at least like decade or so. Like, I want more generation. I want some Korean-American Troy football Palomalu, players. Like, Russell yeah. Peters was always joking about like Indian players. Like <laughs> He's like, we're not built for physical labor. <laughs> I think there's a – I, I do have to say there's a danger in that. And that's it's that saying like because we're building this narrative that like Pacific Islanders, Polynesians, their only, their only way to elevate their – you know, to get yeah. out of their situations yeah. is to be, uh, you know, because like the fact is like, you know, if you look at a lot of Pacific Islander communities, like they also suffer from like high levels of poverty, of course, high levels yeah. of like, of like, um, you know, like nutrition. And yeah. Nutri- like, like, yeah. Nutrition level, like obesity, mm-hmm. um, and then also like health problems and then also disparities in like, you know, higher education attainment. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, dude, I like, I hate the idea of spinning the narrative that like football is the only way. Cause Absolutely. And that's I the only like- way. Like you know, because that is I mean, the, that is the main like, and that's like the the African American narrative, right? Yeah. Like yeah. sports is your way to get right. to that next level. You know? and, so the, and the only time you see it, yeah. the yeah. only time you see a Tongan in mainstream media is like a football player. It's like, dude, yeah. that there's there's a, there's a whole other like problematic spin that could happen. I I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, but I'm saying like, even if that's the if that's the way to start that conversation in a way that like again, this is so annoying because you want to like you want to pacify the masses. But if that's something that a common ground that they're going to be interested in, be like, oh, like what's the deal? Like as a gateway to the community, right? Gateway yeah. to the community. Yeah. Then like I'm all for that. You know what mm. I mean? It's not ideal, and it's not the you know if I could have it my way. But I'm also like I'm kind of like the idealist and like, okay, at least it's an opportunity to start like understanding like this. And Mm. maybe that person can bring more attention to some things that he really cares about, like everything we just talked about. And yeah, I do. I have a problem with that too, just because, and that's been my issue with like, I've never been big on sports. And when people, I I think sports are amazing because when I talk to people who are athletes and they talk about what they learn out of team building and all that stuff Mm. um, that I never experienced because I've never really been a sports person. Yeah. Again, it's like I'm, I'm talking about stuff I don't know about. So, but and and it, it can be a really great opportunity for like people to get full scholarships and to get like you know I have friends from high school that they used it really just they were like I'm not going to be a professional athlete, but if it's going to get me like you know were they Asian? Year two, no, oh, see. <laughs> but you know I'm saying, I'm just, like, that's another hurdle that we need. To yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, when you're Jeremy Lin and you can't get a D1 scholarship, yeah, like, dude, like you know, that, oh Jeremy. <laughs> Hey, that's that true. reminds me. First night, first time I met you, Minji, uh-huh. was the night I met Jeremy Lin as well. That was the first night we met. I think so. Collaboration. Yeah, 2011. San Francisco. Yeah, when yeah. he ju- when you guys judged together. Yeah, we were. Ju- oh my god! Together, right? When he did the Dougie. Yeah, he yeah, did he the did Dougie, Dougie. with right. Nikki on stage. Yeah. That was a great moment. That was. Uh, that night that was, was really. That was pre-Lin Sanity. <laughs> that night was pretty. And he was still Golden State back then, right? Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. there were. Um, it was during the. Uh, the lockout, the strike. So oh, um, so you had time. So, so yeah, he's working he was out every day. Idle, yeah. yeah, but he had that. Uh, did you watch that on YouTube? It's the day in the life of Jeremy Lin. That's right. Yeah, and and it was a, collaboration. It's on our yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of that footage made it into the the documentary. Too. I was so yeah. I was so moved that night. That was one of the best nights ever for me with yeah, collab. That and was the night we it. met. Yeah, first time. Crazy. <laughs> and then Clara, Clara was a judge. Uh, and Jane. Jane Louis was there. AJ Jane Raphael Louis. was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh my God, that it was, was a stacked night. show. Yeah. That was a good show. Yeah, that was a stacked show. I wept. I wept because of Jihern. 
Do you remember that there's a one final he was this little he was a little high school kid mm-hmm. and it was just him on his guitar and his friend at Cajon and like at the end he did sky full of lighters and the entire audience like pulled out their phones. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. That was like it was yeah, <laughs> I was for a me. Judge, I don't remember for that. me, it was well you were probably sitting way yeah. up at the front though. Yeah. I was standing on the side because I ran um, into the theater to watch um. what how he was he was so nervous mm. he's only 15 16 I'm glad you made it though you have a habit of like locking yourself out I know shut up <laughs> <laughs> I run into all sorts of shenanigans when I'm uh, directionally challenged <laughs> honestly I'm very good with directions but when you have a freaking elevator that goes to another building like oh, I'm screwed <laughs> I'm not gonna make it to the show guys I'm sorry someone should give me a special key yeah to get out of that night though I remember uh, what I remember very vividly was like this is pre Linsanity but you know that, that co- collaboration was it was on the Berkeley campus mm-hmm. so there was a shit ton of Asians there yeah. and then like Jeremy just being there yeah made pe- people lost their minds yeah I mean people just you know yeah. and this is like I said this is before Linsanity yeah yeah. So it was just people just wanted to like be next to him and touch him. Like it was, it was a weird. big deal. Yeah. That's yeah. what it really like. I my was like, sushi. Wow. Was so, I was yeah. like a glass case of emotions. It was too much, but it was just looking at these young. And it's actually my little brother was there, uh-huh. and he brought his friends out, and they were actually they're in the video. I could see them when I saw yeah. the day life of, and they're they're freaking out. And the fact that like again that we're part of that, that we made that yeah. happen in any shape or form. I was like, this is crazy. This yeah. is really, really Role models crazy. matter. That's yeah, the they really Role do. I mean, I think we're about, what, maybe five, six years from the generation that's, that's been inspired by Jeremy Lin to practice harder and sure. like, yeah. harder to like, totally. make their way into colleges. And They're you know? totally doing it yeah. right now. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. I lo- it, it also matters to their parents. So you can <laughs> see it, like, look, he went to Harvard too. Like, yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I think now that we're entering into like the third generation, we might see a little different career paths too. Oh, know? for yeah. sure. It's sure. changing really, really rapidly. I mean, th- that brings, that's another point. Um, you know, Jeff uh, Hudson's mm-hmm. dad, mm-hmm. Hudson Sarafresh, he posted this photo on, on Facebook. It was some, like some Emmy event, some TV event, right? But it's a photo of, uh, Aubrey Anderson Emmons right, of right. Modern Family. It was Forrest Wheeler, Ian Chen, and, uh, Hudson, and Hudson, yeah. and Albert Tsai of Dr. Ken. The five of them were posing together. These kids, all under, you know, all preteen and under, right? They're, yeah. they're just, 15, right? They're, you know, they're dressed up. They're just posing. And I'm like, oh my god, that's like the next generation. Yeah. And like, when's the last time you remember seeing? kid asian american actors on tv like that you know there's white kids are a dime a dozen on tv yeah. but like asian kids like yeah. you know to, to have to have that and then have their parents be encouraging of that yeah. let alone to have five of those kids you're like <laughs> dude this a little it's our new little brat pack happening right can they talk to my parents <laughs> can jeff talk to I my think, dad <laughs> minji you might be you're, you and your family situation might be a lost cause <laughs> let yeah. us look no, to the next actually, generation they're actually, they're actually coming around see that it matters though because Honestly, that's what that's part of my dream is that I want to be able to keep doing this to then help sure. the next generation. So it is going to impact, and so my dad and I have to keep talking. Just but he's come keep chopping so at that tree. It is, yeah. it is. It's but I mean, it's, eventually you just like give up. <laughs> no, he kind of already has. He kind of already has. But like for me, and this is this is why when I have these conversations with him, it's really I wonder how. And I, I, I sometimes at the end of it, I'm like really thinking how many of my friends have these kind of conversations with their like that. I guess vulnerable because I never thought I could have that conversation mm. with my dad. Yeah. I really never could even imagine it. And now that I'm saying these words, like even as I'm saying them, I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe I'm saying this to him that we're exchanging, you know, yeah. and I'm telling him verbally to his face. It means the world to me that you support me in what I do. So you can tell me that you don't give a shit and I'm grown up and that I can do whatever I want. I already know that. 
but I want you to like care and I want you、mm. to be happy because I want you to see the value of what I want to do. Like, that's what I want. And I'm like saying that to him. I never thought I could say that. So, again, you know you've got to let it percolate. You're in, you know, you're in good company. Talk to any like, now successful Asian American actor who,、yeah. who had to break it to their parents that that's the career path they were choosing. They probably lied for the、I、first mean, 10 years. There's like, I, mean, I, I would say a good three quarters of them of probably、course. all had that like, fallout, whatever, like, you know, they're not believing in me thing. And it's like, you know, and you, if you talk to them now, now that they're, say, quote, successful,、yeah. they probably all say, like, oh, my parents are. My、now. mom's on board. I really think my dad's it's gonna be a lifelong, it'll be at least a lifelong joke. He'll never like, <laughs> I'll be, you know, it'll be way later. But again,、mm-hmm. the, again, and I also look、He's、at it from like, parents, the, as, you know, Korean dad thing. Yes, of、yeah. course. He can't, he can't cave. <laughs> he, my dad would never, he would never, he would never give me that satisfaction. There's just, wait till he、happen. starts giving you career advice,、uh, of, like, like, act, like acting advice. He started doing that about collaboration. <laughs> he told me to quit collab、oh, right. from day one, and now he's giving me shit about like marketing. Like, So, when、go. you guys do this, and I was like, who are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should promote on Twitter. That's yeah, what I heard. <laughs> he, he, he started talking to me about marketing tactics so and managing Twitter things. I heard, I heard that、uh, Facebook is a good way to get、Internet、the word out. Internet is powerful, okay? And I was like, no. It's cute, though. It's adorable. But oh my God, it drives me nuts. Is, we're probably, I'm just glad my parents are on like. The Chinese internet and not on American internet. So they're、yeah, not on Facebook he, or Twitter. They're or across the pond. They're、pod. on Weibo. They're on all that stuff. Yeah. So I'll never get, but I have my mom. My mom talks to me every day on WeChat via emoticons. But、um, <laughs> his mom's really hip. But she takes、um, Zumba. I'm just glad I'll never have to deal with、um, the friend request from my dad. Yeah, my dad friend requested me. <laughs> did not accept. I did not accept.、Yeah. My mom is my friend on Facebook. I have to be careful what I say. <laughs> she reads my blog every day, apparently. So she's、Aww. like telling me things. But, yeah. She's like, oh, I see that you're posting a lot lately. She's sending、right. you, hey, talk about this.、Aww. She has done that before. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, I saw this commercial like, that you should write about. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh my God, how、yeah. cute it is. It's pretty. It's, I was like, oh. You know, I got to hand it to my parents. I, I honestly, for the first couple years of running the blog, I didn't really tell them about it because I was. Honestly, I was just like, they're not going to get it. You yeah, know I mean? yeah, yeah. It's just like, whatever. Like, why burden、it's、them、like、with that extra、world. information? Wait,、cool. you're writing for a living? I just, you know, <laughs>、yeah. I wasn't, at the time, I wasn't even, it wasn't my main, like, source of income, but it was,、mm. like, just this thing I was kind of building a reputation for. I just didn't tell them. And then I should have I just been like, oh, yeah, let me tell you about this thing. Because once they'd found out, they were like, oh, it's cool. And then my mom reads it every day now. And they're like, <laughs> oh, I guess that wasn't that hard to explain, you、yeah. know? Anticlimactic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that I get a lot more leeway from my parents being, being the firstborn.、Uh-huh. Like, are you firstborn? Are you I, yeah, I'm the only child. Yeah, yeah. so I got a lot、yeah. of I got a lot I, I got a lot of freedom, I think.、Yeah. Much more. I mean, it's half. Like, get, I feel like I don't know how it is with and your guys. Families, like, it's, yeah. yeah, with it's,、uh, firstborn、I'm, son, like, I get a lot of freedom, but I also get a lot of pressure. Yeah, well, hell yeah. Kind of like, it's not, you're you not, you can do what you want as long、Scott、as you're、free. making money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll own up to it. I got a lot of. A lot of more breaks than my sister ever did. Yeah. Being the oldest and being a, a Korean male, I suppose. Yeah.、Uh, you know, but not,、mm. that's not to say I didn't have to work my ass off, too, to like. Yeah, of course. You know I mean? No, it's like, just、yeah. different. It's really、yeah. different. My brother, my older brother, and I are like best friends, and we, we've talked through everything. We've been there for my parents and like each other through、mm-hmm. a lot. But yeah, it's, I don't think he ever had it easier. It was just different. It's but different. The,、yeah. But when I was younger, there were points where I was really resentful of like, how come you can do all these things and I can't? And, but I got spoiled in so many ways that he, I felt bad for my brother that、mm. like, 
why are you so like I, I knew that as a kid i was like why mm-hmm. are you so hard on oppa like what are you like come on man like throw him a bone but it's just <laughs> different it's really different and i don't know how i'll be if i have kids that is a huge question that is mark. a that's a giant question for the universe i know <laughs> those poor kids i know i feel sorry for them that's why i'm like i don't know about that <laughs> wow that that topic went everywhere that i i can't i I couldn't tell you what we just talked about. I don't even remember. I I don't remember what the original topic was. I have no idea what the original topic was, and I don't care. (laughs) Good talk, guys. That's a that's a mark of a a successful Clubcast segment. Nailed it. Good job, me. Yes. Good job, us. Hashtag nailed it. (laughs) Um, Okay. Um, Well, before we wrap up, we got an email from um, our podcast fan Lauren from San Francisco. What's up, Lauren? Um, She's sending us kind of. This is a. This is an interesting one because I, I think it's a little bit out of our wheelhouse, but we'll do our best to answer. Okay. So Lauren from SF says, hi, Minji, Marvin, and possible guest, which is <laughs> Phil. Hey. Um, this fall, there are two films that are set to for release where a protagonist transitions from one gender to another mm-hmm. about Ray and the Danish lady. Both films have their protagonists portrayed by cisgender actors, Elle Fanning in About Ray and Eddie Redmayne in The Danish Lady, and in turn has led to a debate over whether or not it's right for cisgender actors to play transgender characters. Mm. The New York Times recently did an article on the subject matter, and one angle the author took was when he compared it to the criticisms made over the miscasting of Emma Stone as a Hapa character in Aloha and Rooney Mara as an indigenous character in the upcoming uh, Pan. So what do you guys think? Do you think it's okay for cisgender actors to play transgender characters? Would an argument similar to how a white person shouldn't play a person of color apply in this case or scenario? I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Keep up the good work. Best regards, Lauren. Mm. Damn, Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know it's a, well, I certainly know how I feel about uh, people of certain race playing people of another race. Right yes, so, I know how I feel about that. I'm not sure. I'm, but I don't know if this, the comparison is... I think the is, big... Yeah, the big thing is kind of like... The question here for me is like, if the writing is coming from an authentic transgender uh-huh. perspective... Yes. Would that make it better, or is it like, do you need someone with that right. background to act? Right, and right? I'm also I don't not yeah. familiar with these movies, so I don't know about the character themselves. Mm-hmm. But is it like characters who are in transition, or like they're like, or you know, are they? Yeah, playing? yeah. I think from from the I, I haven't I haven't done my research, but yeah. um, I think from the email, um, the movie it appears the narrative of the movie starts it's about their transition so they start okay. one rate one they start one gender and, and another uh-huh right yeah i don't yeah i mean that this is not an area that i in fact, yeah. the fact of the matter is we don't have a lot of there haven't been a lot of narratives like this this is a very new emerging... you know for us to have like a robust conversation in terms about yeah like what is precedent and stuff like that you know like i know that there have been definitely been like say uh What's this? Show? Transparent. Jeffrey Tambor plays, yeah. you know, someone. Yeah. But Got he, a Golden Globe. But he, uh, but I haven't man. seen. I haven't seen the character. Yeah, I haven't seen the show. So, but he's a cis man who. Yeah. Yeah. But it's and about he's him. Brilliant in, in transition, it. right? Like transitioning. No, it starts he's off where he's coming out to his family. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. Again, like my thing is, race is one thing, and I have my thoughts and opinions about that. With acting in general, um. That it's. I feel like this this conversation is a little bit different. Yes, if you are uh, actually what the character 
is you know what i mean like if they are on exactly the same there's definitely an inherent level of like authenticity that is brought to telling that story however the interesting thing about acting is sometimes reaching outside yourself to take whatever personality traits physical traits whatever and and exploring that and embodying it and to do it well is really freaking hard of course the more different you are from the character the harder it is Mm -hmm. but sometimes for actors that's what they freaking love because it's a challenge and it's not easy and they have to do research they have to live the life they have to you know be method about it sometimes you know like Mm. freaking ask any daniel day lewis character right it's really difficult but i think that there are cases I think Jeffrey Tambor is an example where it can be done with respect, with uh, with an empathy and with an artistic creativity that really does it justice, where you're not mocking it and you're not taking anything really away from the story. Like as long as you're mm. telling that story as authentically as possible with as much respect, right, right? I think it could be done personally. I would hope that the say the writer or the director or some that, like would be you know someone who mm-hmm. is dealing with some that there's some authenticity on that level exactly. of the story, right? Like, and that and that the, and you know cuz it's not just the actor and you know what I'm saying like that's when I think of all these film productions like how hard it is to tell the story. It's there's a lot of people involved, man. Mm. Like it's not and people will only see the end product and they'll just blame the actor, or they'll blame the director, or they'll blame the... There's so many different places where decisions and choices are made, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I think if people are rigorous about it and not shallow and not blasé and just kind of like, well, whatever, they like kind of look like them, so just put them in, you know? Yeah. And I think yeah. with a sensitive su- subject like this, I would imagine, and I would, again, giving the benefit of the doubt, hoping that people would really put effort and attention to like making sure that that story is told mm. well. I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing that i would vehemently object to would be a white cisgender actor playing a asian american transgender yes i would be very, very <laughs> i would be not too. cool yeah. with that not cool so at that's all. interesting so I, I know like um we've talked about this back when we were talking about you know emma stoning or whatever like i think if you were to do that like at least change the character to fit mm-hmm. you know like I think ethnicity and like gender identity, like they're both identity, but I think it's there is some fundamental differences between the two, right? Yeah, I mean it's a slippery slope. It's like it's a hard yeah. thing to, again, because this, like Phil was saying, this is a new narrative. There aren't that many examples, and and honestly, yeah, certainly not mainstream examples. Mainstream yeah. examples, exactly. Yeah. And for me, yes, if they if they found a transgender actor who could play act and be a really convincing character Mm -hmm. then yeah in an ideal world give that person that yeah role (laughs) but if there's a cisgender person that can play that role well and is a good freaking act again for me it's about the story if the story is told well yeah that matters the most to me it's why i don't like mad max and i'm gonna get so much shit for that i don't care it was not told well the story was not there it was a big WWE on wheels bonanza. It was very fun and crazy, but it wasn't a good story. I thought it was a good story. I didn't think I thought so. thought it was a good story, too. Yeah. I didn't think so. I, yeah. I didn't see the story. But that's what I'm saying. Like, that's where my, my personal opinion comes to, like, story matters a lot if it's told well and it's acted well, you know. It's a great story. Well, I mean, so this is like... <laughs> Chase story. Yeah. This is like story. from a... You know, this is... Three cisgender people talking about transgender it's issues. True. I mean, so it's true. Like, it's like, yeah. it's take like, it with I, a grain of like. I would not yeah. point to us as the. Uh, I'm not the I authority. Speak myself as the authority on this is like. Yeah. No. <laughs> but I guess in the, on the on the other hand, let's talk about just like the comparison to white characters, like white actors playing 
like ethnic characters. Do you think comparing to that is fair or is it like I don't know if fair or not? It's, there, just... it's worthy of discussion. I'm not sure if it's if it's a one to one comparison. Yeah. You know? Um yeah, But then again, I don't like like I said, like this is this is like we've been talking about yellow face for years. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um and then this is like in terms of mainstream examples of like transgender characters and actors and actors, you know, mm-hmm. like that's that's a whole other like you know, we're, we're right now we're in the middle of sort of the mainstreaming of uh, like yeah. transgender as, you know, as, mm-hmm. as a community, as a, you know. Like, yeah. So it's like, oh, like people are just getting used to like, oh, how do I like how do, how do we talk about this? And like, mm-hmm. it's it's a good thing that this is happening. It's just right. going to be some time of like America <laughs> feeling it out. you know. But it's happening really rapidly, too. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that's and, and that's where I'm like, it's for someone who, you know, I live my life and I don't go too far out of my way to learn about these things that's just the honest truth like i i have my work and i have my personal life and so i don't sit and read up and research on all these things and i think there needs to be some like i'm I'm asking the universe like to be kind on people who are still learning and getting uh, getting um familiar with terms and to get familiar with expectations and i get that it's a very very difficult conversation for some people to have but some people just don't know yeah and like I mean, that's why cultural produ- that's why like shows that's why television and movies and these like these artifacts yeah. of our of our time mm-hmm. it goes a long way towards like people like towards empathy towards yeah. understanding exactly. you know what exactly. i mean like even though you don't interact daily day with anybody like say you don't interact anyone with anyone who's transgender or asian mm-hmm. or you know latino on a daily or you know or like yeah. it's it's just like you know but you do on television but that's the other so that's the thing when these people are absent from these shows right you know it's it's, it's like they don't exist you know what i mean They're and so invisible it goes a long way towards yeah. like creating a sense of empathy and you know understanding and I think, like, so just having these stories out there and done well, I think these stories need to do well. And then that'll get at least these stories out there in the public. Yeah. And maybe that'll spur more, you know, encourage young transgender children to grow up to be actors, to like portray their stories. They can right. see their stories on screen. Right. And I think because um, it's not as much an outward thing, like, you know, when you see a white person with the last name Fong on, on, like, on the screen, you know something's wrong. Like, they're not portraying a character accurately, but mm-hmm. I think with this, at least for these cases, like there is a pretty good chance that they'll get a fair shake in at least the storytelling, mm-hmm. right? So I think you know it's again we're we're not experts in these fields, but um, I think that's kind of the main difference between the two, right? Wasn't there that yeah. big controversy? I don't know what how the discussion went, but I know that there was a very strong reaction, like Jared Leto from. Um, Dallas Buyers Club. Club. I don't, and there are people who really appreciated his performance, and there are people who were really upset about it. Yeah, well, I watched the, thing, the movie. Yeah. I thought that he did a great job, but again, what do I know? You're never going to please everybody. Yeah, I think that's the main thing. But I think, for me personally, as a, as a consumer of media, as if the if the due diligence is made to tell the story as accurately as possible, and the story does its job, it's a lot easier to like be okay with it than like. To appreciate it yeah what it is yeah. then knowing that you know like so this guy's supposed to be someone i relate to but you don't look like they're you know well, there's like, inherent yeah. parts of like story t- again like you can't make a white person asian 
It's just like yeah, this is like yeah. the immovable wall. Like yeah. that's just they I draw not, the line, they, right? Yeah, just, I draw it's the like, line. Like, cannot they, do it. Like that BuzzFeed video where um, you and Jenny are watching, uh-huh. like Mickey Rooney yeah. playing, like what's his face? Like it's like that's not right. It's yeah. just you know? that, like it, yeah. It, I think Eugene said is like you just cannot make a white person look Asian. Like this just like physically impossible. Like no matter how much impossible. makeup you put on, it's just not possible. Yeah. So that's a big hurdle for me. You know. Yeah. yeah. And in acting, it's all about, you know, believing these characters and, yeah. like, you know. To like, get lost yeah. in the story so that you yeah. get what's happening. It's you you change through the story because you learn something you didn't know. or you experiencing <laughs> their pain or their laughter or their whatever, you know? It's like, yeah. that's why we yeah. enjoy art so it's, much. It, it's why the, the Aloha example is particularly brazen because they didn't even try. They didn't even. Yeah. It's not even, like, an attempt. Like, yeah. they're just like, oh, we'll just, we'll just. Put her in there and like you know, kids love Emma Stone. Yeah, right? her mixed race heritage will just get lost somewhere in the, in the model. Hopefully, you know? like, no one, yeah. no one will notice. Yeah, stupid Josh. He posted um like a a fake article about Scarlett Johansson being cast as Mulan, and my blood pressure just went up. it was fake. And but I was like, there's no. And again, I had to bring my rational thinking <laughs> into this. I was like, this is such a. This is just trying. It's clickbait. I was like, no, yeah, guys, don't troll Minji. She takes everything very seriously. Well, about that, I was like, I commented. I was like, Josh, this is not real. Like, because oh, if it is, no. I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> okay. I'm burning everything down. Yeah. I was like, I quit life. I'm not handling this. It's all good. Yeah. Well, thanks for the question. It led to interesting, interesting conversation. Um, if anyone else listening out there wants to send us any questions that you'd like to discuss, um, or just feedback on the show in general, you can always send it to us at podcast.collaboration.org. That's collaboration with a K. And with that, that'll do it for this week's episode. Um, thanks again for our guest, Phil Yu, Angry Yay. Asian Man, for coming in. Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah. You can That's catch so his fun. stuff on angryasianman.com, um, as well as his show, Angry Asian America on ISA TV. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and also check out my podcast, uh, Sound and Fury on right. iTunes. Yeah, yeah. Sound and Fury. Um, latest episode featuring um, Sam. Is that the last one? Or? Sam Futterman, yeah. 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 I love Sam. Check it out. From Twinsters, yeah. I love Sam. And yeah, thanks Shout for thanks for joining us. Um, for Marvin and Minji, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Peace. guys. I will see you there. Or I will see you on another time. Yeah, it's from I love you, man. God, <laughs> slapping the bass, slapping the, the bass. bass. <laughs> All right, Jobin. <laughs> <laughs>